0: Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. I hope everyone is just having a phenomenal, phenomenal week. Uh, the things that have been going on are just great. I see it all over the place. But this book that we are doing, Dave Ramsey's book, Entra Leadership, 20 Years of Practical Business Wisdom in the Trenches, has to – it's going on. Here's my list. I have. I have just a few books that are my constants. I have my Bible. I have a book called Unshakable Foundations. Uh, I have my book from Tom Hop, How to Win um, the Game of Life book. Beautiful book. I love that book. And now I've put on here Entre Leadership. I believe if you're running any type of business, but specifically a network marketing business, this is a book you should be reading, studying, and using. Spineless Leader... Is an oxymoron the easy way to make hard, the easier way to make hard decisions. Decision making is is one of the biggest areas that I see network marketers fail, and we're going to cover that today. This this we will not get through this whole chapter. There is so much meat and potatoes. Dave starts out by saying, a leader who won't or can't make decisions is never going to succeed, and certainly. Will never become a full fledged Entre Leader. I would go a step further and say if you cannot make a decision, you're not a leader. I don't care if, if you've built an organization ranked all the way to the top. If your indecisiveness keeps you from making a decision, I question your leadership ability. Dave says when you make the choice to call yourself a leader, or even better, you aspire to be an Entre Leader. You have to declare that passively is no longer an option. Leadership is not for the weak or the timid. It requires tremendous backbone, tremendous strength. The larger your dream, the larger the organization, the more complicated and emotionally draining your decisions. Big time entre leadership is simply not for wimps. George S. Patton, one of the greatest military minds in history, said, A good plan violently executed now is better than the perfect plan next week. We cannot not make decisions. It will be the downfall every time. An indecisive leader is just an oxymoron. Your business, your family, your team, and your future... Is paralyzed when you are. A lot of times we like to use this paralysis of analysis phrase. It's actually paralysis of fear more times than not. See, when you don't make the decisions that you know you have to make, you put your dreams on hold, you put your life on hold. And it doesn't matter if it's business or in your family life. He uses this great scenario here. He says... Have you ever seen a great young woman dating a great young guy who won't pop the question? Eventually, he loses her because if she's a good one, she isn't going to grow old waiting for him to grow some backbone. He goes on, he says, the marketplace is begging for an adapted version of your services or your product, but you're stuck in the old method because you can't make the decision. Listen, if you're a network marketing founder right now and you're looking at the weight loss niche and saying, I need to get in there, go for it. If you're already in that niche and you're still living on last year's product, last year's formulation, last year's method, and you think, hey, this is great, this is cool, we're, I'm telling you what, if you don't change now, you may not make it through the 2012 season because your competitors are nipping at your heels and they're coming out with some very creative and very workable and adaptable type of formulas that are going to attract the people, not even counting the marketing they're using. See, competitors entering the scene, whether it's whether it's a girl getting ready to lose or a guy getting ready to lose his girl to somebody new or a competitor getting ready to lose his clients or his customers it's not because the competitor entered it's because of the lack of decision to say we better be one step ahead of the game jim collins books good to great should be read over and over and over and utilized by ceos dave writes this indecision is something that happens to all of us the challenge here is to systematically drive it from your life so that you can win as an entre leader And to drive indecision from your life, you must first identify what causes it. The number one reason for indecision is fear. We will not make a decision based on fear. Fear is the ultimate cause of paralysis. It's not the analysis of the situation. It's the fear that the decision that we make could be the wrong one. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Dave says, in other words, someone who can't make up their mind, makes a decision, can't make up their mind, make a decision, is unstable, unstable, unpredictable, and will bring ruin to their organization. It's funny, Dave's a little southern boy like me, and he says it's called the squirrel theology. It reminds me of a squirrel who runs across in front of your road, first one direction, then the next direction, then the one direction. They don't know what the heck they're doing. It's almost as bad as a deer in the headlights, except at least the deer just stands still, makes you move. Dave says something very profound. Indecision caused by fear will kill you. It happens all the time. Good organizations never become great. They die off because of this. We all go through this. Look, <clears throat> this is nothing new. Even the greatest entre leaders sometimes will have this hit, but they work through it. You have to continue to move forward. One of Dave's core values is to never make a decision, any kind of decision, based on fear not that we don't get afraid sometimes. It's not that we don't look at the situation, and we might be afraid of losing a customer or or a lawsuit or losing money. Matter of fact, it's wise to analyze those things. And the fear may even be well founded, but you have to make a decision. You cannot let the spirit of fear drive you. I put a video up the other day. I took it down. At the, the really, the the counsel of my mastermind group said, "Troy, get some more due diligence on it." My actual, after doing more due diligence, I, I'm my major concern with the with the whole company still stands. I'll put the, a, a new video up and a, and a recording of an interview that I did. I think I'm valid in that, but you know what? The fear of retribution didn't stop me from putting that first video up. When I talked with the council and they said, I know you never take anything down, but would you consider taking it down temporarily and do an interview with the owner? I said, absolutely. Because collaboration at the end of the day is more important than ego. And see, if I was fearful of all this crap, I'd have never done the video in the first place. Matter of fact, I wouldn't even be in network marketing. You know, I've got to be one of the most shot at individuals out there. I get shot by the critics, and I get shot by my own people. And that doesn't bother me. Maybe because I've learned a lot from Dave Ramsey over the years. We don't make decisions based on fear. You cannot make a decision based on fear. You have to intentionally set out To find a solution or solutions to whatever the decision is going to be. Second reason that people don't make decisions, criticism. Man, I've been called this last month, everything in the book. By critics and people in my own camp. Every time I do a report on a company that that is... 99% positive, people want to praise you. When you raise red flags about a company in network marketing, you piss people off. They don't want to look at the facts. I was talking to a, a good friend of mine the other day, and he'd made an observation that I have decided he's absolutely correct on. The majority of people that I see entering into the network marketing profession for the first time sometimes those that have been around for less than five years, even sometimes those that are top leaders in a company, they really don't want to join a legitimate network marketing business. They're hoping deep inside, sometimes subliminally, that they will join a pyramid scheme and they won't have to work. That's what they want. So when I bring out something and say, man, this has got the red flags, a regulatory agency might see this as a pyramid, might see this as a Ponzi scheme, it needs it needs some areas fixed, you want to know what happens? Those same people want to criticize me. If I was worried about that criticism... I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Dave says, You can count on criticism if you're doing anything of scale that matters. You can't be afraid of criticism, it comes with the territory. He says, Yet I've met people who won't stand for justice and make a decision because someone somewhere might be upset. I know some critics. They've been harmed, emotionally, financially harmed in network marketing. And instead of holding true for justice and what they see as wrong coming together, filing class action suits or going to a regulator, they just want to gripe and moan underneath pseudonyms and fictitious names. These are the kind of people Dave are talking about. They're worried. They're fearful. They don't make the decision. They they, they can hide and gripe. And then I see guys like other critics who come forward. My my two friends, Michael Collins and and Brent Hansen are two critics of network marketing. They've been in in a few companies, but, and 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 like the concept actually, but they see so many flaws that they are very critical of it. They don't hide who they are. They they let you be known. My friend James Christensen, former owner of Zowie, now a top distributor when he sold his company to Evolve Health, has been threatened with his life, but yet he loves this industry and he's willing to move forward with it. This is what we all must do. We cannot let the criticism hold us back from good decision-making. We cannot let fear hold us back. One of my, my, my great... Mentors that I never met. His name's Aristotle. You might have heard of him. As a matter of fact, my book that I mentioned earlier, Unshakable Foundations, uses a lot of Aristotle. And Aristotle said there is only one way to avoid criticism do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. We cannot do that. So, what are the elements of good decision making? Dave writes this. I thought this was good. He said, great leaders don't allow indecisiveness due to fear. We are afraid sometimes, but we make the call anyway and don't let the fear be the driving force of the decision. Sometimes good decisions, good decision making can mean deciding to be passively active. What? See, deciding not to decide right now is a decision. That is different from being completely paralyzed by fear. Many times over the years, we've decided not to act today. <clears throat> and you may be saying, that sounds you know, kind of like you, you just negated what you guys were talking about, and it's not. Dave uses a story. Him and his family were at Disney World. They had hired a bookkeeper to take care of their business, and every week, a bookkeeper would come in and give them a report saying, All the receivables are collected, all the payables have been paid, life is good. So off they go to enjoy a trip to Disney World. A VP from the company calls and says, Dave, we've got a little bit of an issue. I've got an IRS agent here saying he's going to shut the doors because we owe back payroll taxes. Dave says, man, I don't see how we can do that. I've got these reports that everything has been paid in full find out how much we owe, and it was several months, not several years, but several months of past payroll taxes that should have been paid. He very quickly probably realized, i got a problem. What he did was, he said, look, I've got some money in my personal account. Let's pull it out, pull it over into the business. That'll pay the taxes. We'll worry about it later, and I'll get home. Now, he was livid. He didn't fire the bookkeeper when he was mad, emotionally strained. He made the decision not to make the decision until he had calmed down and gotten home. Found out the truth. She'd been lying to him. Could have caused him to lose the whole business, and he terminated her butt. Being passive sometimes is good. Set the deadline. Procrastination can be avoided by setting a self-imposed deadline, or by recognizing the reality of the actual deadline. I was on the phone the other day with Richard Brook, my personal mentor. He said how are things going. I told him how things are going, wasn't what, doing what I wanted it to do, but I'm I'm excited about the future. And he goes, "What's your What's your goal?" I said, "If I haven't reached this benchmark by the end of the first quarter of 2012." then I'm 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 shutting down this division of the company and I'm going to figure out something else. I set the self-imposed deadline along with the objectives, the goals that have to be reached, the plan and making it work. I did it. You have to do that. Dave says this, if there's not a reality-based deadline, then set a self-imposed date for a decision to force yourself to deal with it. I am often asked on the radio show by small business owners, "When is the time to close a struggling business?" Networkers, listen up! I don't care if you're the founder of the company or a brand new distributor. This cotton picking myth of that we use and that we use wrongly, that says never give up, never quit, go for it, is wrong. It's taken out of context. Matter of fact, it's taken as much out of context as free agencies taken out of context. There has to be a deadline. If you're running a business and you're not hitting the performance in that business plan, start looking for an exit plan. There's plenty of companies right this second that will be open to do mergers, open to help you and your distributors out. Make it so that you don't end up upside down with nothing after your dream not working the way exactly you wanted it to. Call me if you need to, and I'll set up an interview with some of them. But it, don't drive your whole dream and everything else into the ground and have nothing to talk about. If you're a top leader and you keep holding on, oh, my gosh, I've been here for 30 years. Every month my income goes down. Every month my income goes down. Then, first of all, look and see if you're working your business. If you're not working your business, then start working it. But if you're busting your butt and it just the trends have changed, then it may be time for you to professionally and ethically look for a new home. If you're a brand new distributor, you've been at this three or four years, struggling, not making it. You look at the fact that you have spent millions of dollars, it seems like, Your relationships are shot. Your wife is so pissed off she wants to divorce you but doesn't even have any money to do that because you've blown it all on conference tickets and books and products sitting in the garage. She probably already tried to Craigslist or eBay that and can't even get a good price for it. And you need to realize it's time to make a change. It doesn't mean you've got to give up on your deep, dark, secreted dream, whatever it is, but it does need, mean you need to find a new vehicle, and that goes against the grain for some people, but I'm telling you, that's what you have to do. I, I invested 15 years at Prime and because of changes, I decided to go somewhere else. I was there five years before the owner sold that company. There were some decisions that had to be made. But I set deadlines all the way across the board of what we were going to do each time, each play. When I left Primark, it was because of the self-imposed deadline. When I left WMA, it was because Hubert sold the company. There are decisions that you have to make sometimes. You cannot set back and not make those decisions. I'd rather you save your marriage, save your relationships and they lose it all over business. You know what? In network marketing, I see this happen all the time. Marriage is trashed, wasted, all on the fact of I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, and they lose focus of what's important. you got to take the right amount of time. The bigger the decision, the longer time of due diligence you need to take. Sadly, that's part of the problem in direct selling. The barrier of entry is so low, people jump in without realizing there's additional costs involved. You can't do it as a hobby. You can't do it as a whim. It has to be a business decision. It's one thing just to use the product, but if you make the commitment, I'm going to build a business, then it better be that you're going to build a business, and you better learn how to do that. You've got to know what it is you're doing. Dave writes, the more money involved, the more you should slow down. The more time involved as a result of the decision, the more you should slow down. But for goodness sakes, when buying a pack of chewing gum, just do it. Do it quickly and get the heck out of line. Don't be trying to figure out which kind of it. Just buy it. That's funny. I love that. Make sure you have lots of options when you're making a decision. You don't want to be hamstrung with just one manufacturer, one supplier, one merchant account. Make sure you've covered all your bases. Network marketers, that don't mean go join 14 freaking companies, that does mean run your business proficiently. It's the only way to make it happen. Before making the decision, know what your worst case scenario is. Every time I put up a critical video raising red flags on a company, I know the worst case scenario is I'm going to get a cease and desist letter and be sued. I know that the worst case scenario when I put up a positive review on a company is that their product could kill somebody and people could make negative comments. You don't think I waited. I find I will humorously laugh out loud in my office every time I, I do a critical review and somebody says, you should have done more investigative work. Or I put up a positive review, but it pisses off somebody else, and they say, you should have done more investigative work. Look what I know. And then I say, send me the documentation, and they shut up. Make sure you know your worst case scenario, Dave says something here, and i'm gonna I'm gonna add to this. He says information is king, and I agree with that, and wisdom helps you grow your kingdom. Just having the information doesn't work. Dave writes, ninety percent of making the right decision is from gathering the information. The bigger the decision. The more time you take, the more options you gather, and the more informed you should be. That last ten percent is the wisdom to make that right decision. I added that in there; he didn't put it in there. He calls this the art of the call. A good decision involves gathering the information. Sometimes people think that the more information you have that you have to wait through, the harder the decision is in in reality, it's the opposite. The more information you have, the more obvious the correct decision is, and therefore, it is an easier decision to make. I had no problem when my counselor called and said, please, let's do an interview with the owner of this company. I said, no sweat whatsoever. After hammering out and debating several, I only had three major red flags, but after going through those, very quickly the owner of the company saw some of what I was saying, called her programmer and made some major corrections in Samaria's. But my two, two of my major concerns that that kind of blend into one have not changed. They're still there. They are still major red flags. And I will report on that. That has not changed. But open dialogue made that decision easy for me because collaboration with Smart, intelligent people is what works. Teach your team how to make the correct decisions. And most of all, and this is probably the most important in Dave's book, use your guiding values to make your decisions clear. See, processes will change. Your principles will not. You have to live by the golden rule. I say this all the time. And my critics will laugh at me and say, yeah, that's your Christianese coming out. No, it's not. It's just freaking good business sense. Dave uses a scenario that I think every network marketing leader and founder should use. He shares a story how they were working with a, a top-notch person with a, with one of their printing companies. He, he's doing some copy work right for and They were working late in the night. The VP came in and said, Dave, we need to hire this dude. I mean, this is crazy. And Dave said, oh, man, he's great talent. Yeah, we need to. And they both looked at each other and said, but you know what? We sure wouldn't want people hiring our talent away, at least not without our permission. And they called the boy's boss and said, you've got a stud employee. We'd like to hire him, but we do not want to approach him with this without your permission first. The owner of the company was so blown away, he said, if you can hire him, great. Not only did they hire that young man, they still do massive business with that printing company. I want every CEO and top leader right now to listen up. If your leader's not on this call, you need to send them this recording. Don't be going out there cross-recruiting, trying to pay somebody to join your freaking company, Unless you've called the owner of the other company and said, man, you've got a rock star leader, and I'd like to approach him. If you're a CEO of a company, a founder, don't be going and trying to hire talent away from another company inside their executive office without calling the founder and CEO of that company and saying, man, you've got a rock star that I'd like to hire. Have some freaking ethics. Let's work together and collaborate and let's utilize what Dave is talking about in this book. The golden rule works. It always has and it always will. This is guys, this is so huge. And before you make decisions, talk to experts. I had a gentleman call me yesterday, he's in real estate, big time real estate investor, owns owns several uh storage units, apartment complexes. I mean Florida to, to Chicago got into network marketing wanted to know why it wasn't working and he's looking for some stuff and we sat down and had a tremendous conversation he wrote me an email this morning said troy of all the people i've talked to in network marketing you are the first that said i need to find a network marketing company that focuses on my passion and my calling and what i truly enjoy and i want to thank you for that I made nothing off that call but a new friendship. Folks, you've got to ask the experts like he did. Ask your spouse. Write it all down so you can look at it. And sit forward. I love this book. This book could change the lives of every network marketer, every direct seller that's out there if they just read it and then apply it. Tomorrow, no magic, no mystery. The system, the recipe, and the truth about great marketing. You're going to love this one. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here with me tomorrow morning for realmentorsradio.com. And listen up. This is going to to be good for you. We're recreating and putting together a brand-new website for our listeners where realmentorsradio.com will be a standalone community. You're going to be able to communicate with each other. It's going to be a fun time. I'm telling you, watch over the next couple of months as this evolves. We're putting our... Our stuff together. You guys know this. I do this every year. We'll together for the new year. You're going to love it. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye for now. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.